what's going on crypto land my name is phil this is the fun with crypto podcast we are in season two and this is episode 23 i've got another great interview tonight with none other than matt odell when i started looking for quality podcasts about bitcoin to listen to um obviously it's you know it's kind of difficult to sort through the noise and one podcast that really stood out to me was tales from the crypt with Marty Bent and Matt O'Dell. And that's where I, you know, got introduced to, you know, to him and his work. And I just, I love the way that, you know, he's like, he understands Bitcoin at the technical level, but he can explain it very simply. And I think that that's very important. Anyways, without further ado, here is my interview with Matt O'Dell. Thank you very much for joining us tonight on the Fun with Crypto podcast. I've got Matt O'Dell, who's taken some time out of his extremely busy schedule to uh, to be with me and and our listeners tonight. I just want to welcome him and tell everybody that obviously he's a big reason why I'm into Bitcoin. I absolutely love the material on uh, on uh, Tales from the Crypt and the Rabbit Hole recap. I uh, to me, I, I just I, I love the way that you talk about things. I, I find that it's fantastic the way that you simplify everything. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Very happy to be here. Really glad to hear that. That's that's why we do what we do. Cool, cool. So, so Matt, uh, obviously, I want to get right into it. Um, yeah, I'm sure people have heard it before, but you know, there's I, I've got some listeners who possibly haven't, and I, I'd love to know, like, you know, how did how did you get into Bitcoin? Why? You know, how and why? Um, yeah, I mean, I I, I think that I always. Um, had like a question of the man type of attitude, I guess, to life. Um, and so around like 2012, I was first intru- introduced to Bitcoin um, from someone who was using it for Silk Road. Um, and I like pretty much dismissed it. I was like, well, that's, you know, cool, but they'll probably shut it down. And then like later in 2012, I had uh, a developer friend tell me about it. So like the complete opposite side of the spectrum, he's straight edge um and just loved it from like a technology point of view and it like all did these two things for me which was um kind of like my philosophy on life and technology because i was always a bit of a nerd um so i started looking at it then but i was still like it'll probably fail um and then i i jumped in in the craziness of the first run in 2013 um and then I, I kind of got in my, I got my ass handed to me a little bit in that second run, which was the one that went up to like 1200. And at that point I was just basically like, I had just gotten out of college. I was down a bunch of money. No one knew I was down a bunch of money because I practiced really good OPSEC still at that time. <laughs> and I said to myself, I need to know every single, I need to know everything there is to know about, about Bitcoin. Um, because I was so invested in it. And as I was along that journey, I, I ended up basically being, I mean, I'm sure a lot of your listeners know this feeling, but I basically ended up being like the Bitcoin guy for my friends and family. And I, because I was actually pretty, while I was trying to learn, I was pretty good at explaining the things I was trying to learn at the same time. And um, I started a website at first. It was called CoinPrices.io. Uh, we we launched at the same time as CoinMarketCap, uh, and they just we we I, it was the idea was a curated Twitter feed. Uh, I had a newsletter, a weekly newsletter that helped me learn a lot um, through CoinPrices. So then I closed down CoinPrices and I migrated over to Twitter because I didn't actually need a website. I just needed a platform to talk about ideas with people. Um, and Twitter was really blossoming at that time. Before that, it was more like Reddit IRC, Bitcoin talk. Um, and then I found Marty and, you know, I did my first podcast ever was with Marty because I, for OPSEC reasons, I just never really wanted to talk on air. Um, and he seduced, he seduced the hell out of me. (laughs) And I was actually, it's actually a really great format. I love the format. I was like, listen to tons and tons of podcasts, really like the format. So it was just turned out to be a natural fit. And then the rest is just history. I, I'm glad he seduced you. So yeah, me too. He tried really hard. He kept poking. I, I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? You cut out. 
I said he tried really hard. You know, he just kept DMing me, DMing me, <laughs> and he finally got me. Uh, well, I, I'm glad that he did because it, it helps out. It, it helps out a lot of people, um, and especially for you know for people like me who, yes, you know, we're we're technical, but we don't really get it, you know, necessarily a hundred percent. And I think it's a, a fantastic way that you're able to you know to marry the the two and and make it you know easy to understand. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm basically just trying to figure it all out myself. Um, so I'm just taking everyone else along on, on the ride with me. You know, that's basically the plan of action. Cool, and that's like that's that's definitely uh, that's definitely something I respect. I, I think it's uh, I, I think it's important. You know, it, uh, even though it's I, I know you're like big into opsec, it's still I think it's great transparency in that sense um, because a lot of people feel you know feel confused and. You know, a lot of people, you know, are afraid to go and ask these questions. And when they can come and listen to you guys, they can get those questions answered. And, you know, they don't have to feel that way. So, you know, I, th I think that's really important. You know, I really destroyed my OPSEC in the bear market of, of the 2015 bear market. Um, and once that happened, and then we had the scaling debate, I quickly realized that there wasn't very many like actors in the space. Most people had an agenda, something to sell you. Uh, so I kind of like took it upon myself and a, a lot of other people did too, which is what's amazing about the Bitcoin community uh, to, to try and find an outlet that wasn't necessarily like a, had a direct financial incentive. They weren't trying to bags or anything. They, like I own Bitcoin. Everyone knows I own Bitcoin. So like, that's my bias. I'm a fucking Bitcoiner. But besides that, like, I'm not, I'm not peddling ICOs on the side and doing all this shady shit and buying followers and running contests and having horrible ads on my news website, you know, like that it just got so corrupted. Um, and I, I, I think that a lot of people, it's a lot of privacy and, and obviously I, I actually don't have the best OPSEC. Like if everyone knows my name, that's not great. But it's important that we have certain people that are visible actors, um, that are, you know, ethical to help provide a little bit more legitimacy to the space, more of a, a comfortable on-ramp on into Bitcoin. Uh, you know, a lot of the things I, I basically, at this point I'm running like, a non-official Bitcoin support channel in my D it's like absolutely insane how many DMs I get every day. I, I can't even imagine. And, um, I'd actually like to go back to, uh, to something that you said, uh, in your, in your rabbit hole story when, um, you know, when you said that you were, you know, you were down a bunch of money and that you absolutely had to go and learn everything. Um, that, that is actually exactly what happened in my case. Um, but I, I don't think you were buying shit coins. I was. So, I like I, I was down a bunch of money and and I was a fool about it as well, you know, because I was it, I got, you know, like I got totally enthralled by like the idea of the next one, you know, the fastest one and all of these things that like don't even you don't even know why you're interested in them. So, you know, it it, it forces you if you if you're true to yourself and you're actually paying attention to the space and you decide, you know, to be honest, you're, you're going to stop and be like, OK. I need to reassess the situation. And that's actually the time I started listening to you guys. So. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of. I think that that is the, like the on-ramp for the majority in the space. Buying the top, usually you come in harder around the top and you like buy all the way down. You get, you know, you're like, oh, I'm gonna just dollar cost average in. You go down that way. And then also dabbling in shit coins. Um, I, I think, I think the shit, like a lot of people on the Bitcoin side, it's extremely frustrating because we have altcoin salesmen making false claims, leading noobs down the wrong road, which is another reason why you shouldn't be ashamed because they just straight up lie to you in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Um, but at the same time, it is a massive on-ramp into Bitcoin because they, they come for the get rich quick scheme and then they start getting wrecked over and over again <laughs> until they realize 
you know, they're like touching the stove. Then they realize, you know, what it's all about, where the true value lies. And, and hopefully they just didn't lose that much money up until that process. Yeah, I, I think, and I obviously agree, but I, I also think that it, it has to do with the type of personality, right? I'm sure you saw it as well. You know, some, some people come in for the get rich quick, you know, get totally, totally wrecked and then just walk away completely. You know, and, and those people never become Bitcoiners. They're, you know, they never become shitcoiners again. It's like they, they just I walk think, away. I think those people will be Bitcoiners next cycle. I, I agree. I, I'd like to see that, too. And, and actually, of the few people I know that have done this, I know that the only thing that they care about is Bitcoin. If, if they're actually looking at anything, they're like, I just want to know what Bitcoin's doing. So, like I think I think there's a lot of people who got wrecked last cycle that will come back in at 14 16k <laughs> you know like that's when they'll come back that, that's what we've seen in past cycles yep I I wasn't there just so you know I wasn't there for for 2013 I I came in in uh, um, at the beginning of 2017 and not for anything market related it was uh, for a use case you know, that uh, had to wanted to get something that uh, couldn't be purchased any other way. So I ended up getting myself some Bitcoin and I learned about it and I fell in love with the technology. But that's, you, you know, like that, that's exactly the point. Like, you know, you come in and I started with that and then I found shit coins. <laughs> so, but, you it's know, like, it's like, it's not, it's, it's not terrible. just shit coins, right? Like you have leverage trading. Um, it, it's, Yes, I, I think it's just a natural. It's a natural human um, inclination to like come in, and and especially people who tend to gravitate towards Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in general tend to be higher risk people. People that have a higher risk appetite, um, they 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 really want to get rich quick, uh, and they want an easy way out. So so it's just a natural human human desire to do all that, which leads you to leverage trading and, and leads you um, to, to dabbling, especially in like the shittiest of shit coins, like just the worst of the world, that like high, high return chance. And um, I th that's one of the reasons why I've been trying dollar cost averaging sexy again with stack and sats is because it's like crazy. I mean, the stat, the, the stat that I tweeted out last week, I think was the, was the first time in a little bit, where at any point, if you had just started dollar cost averaging weekly, at any point in the history of Bitcoin, you'd be up. Yes. It didn't matter when you started. And I, wanted and I was I was preaching that during the 2017 run, and like no one wanted to hear about it because honestly, dollar cost averaging sounds boring as fuck. But stacking sats, you know, badass. You found the narrative, my friend, and it's it's totally killer and as you know we all use it and use it you know many many times and it just appears thousands of times over and over again and it's so great and i totally love it stacking sats is definitely the uh you know the way to go you know and then i i have the people who are like in my mentions like oh we should use bits we should use you know this you know this denomination or that denomination like this is bitcoin you can use whatever you want um but i think the market has been pretty that people are idiots and they want to hold like large amounts of number of things they don't want to hold fractions like ripple is like an absolute piece of shit but they pioneered the let's just create a shit ton of tokens and like all the altcoins have done that. Almost every single altcoin has their default unit is a higher supply count than Bitcoin. And why is that? Is because it works for human psychology. It does. It, no. It's unit bias. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's totally ridiculous. And the reality is, is that, you know what? As many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of those tokens that you can hold, none of them are going to feel or have the effect that one Bitcoin does. 100 million sats. <laughs> 100 million sats. Sorry. I didn't want to offend anyone. <laughs> um, okay. So let, let, me, uh, let me ask you this. Um, because you're, you're like, uh, because you, I, I find you create a lot of material that's very noob friendly and that's great for onboarding. Um, I, I, your position on custodial versus non-custodial, like in terms of like 
like for example right like obviously cash app is like the main thing i use it all the time i don't have a problem with it but like you know we as bitcoiners we have this you know this kind of like difficulty of you know obviously we don't really want to trust a, a non-custodial you know uh, sorry a custodial um so it, it's like you know how, how do you deal with that right like custodial versus non i, I mean well, I, with, with cash app you know i think it's kind of a moot point because i mean if you're properly using cash app you should be withdrawing frequently and I try to make that pretty clear. And specifically, you should be withdrawing to Wasabi and then mix so that Cash App can't link all your future transactions. Um, I, you know, people don't like KYC. I hate KYC. But I think as far as an on-ramp goes, um, we're, you know, if you want a convenient on-ramp, we're going to have to, it's going to connect to your bank account and you're going to have to do KYC regulation. So you, you pick one you know, and you just, so you don't have KYC all over the place that could get stuff you pick one reputable company you stick to that you use as your on-ramp uh as far as kyc for on-ramps and fees are concerned um you know the cash app fee is pretty low for a broken service you're gonna have to pay you, you you're paying more than if you did like a limit like that but it's a brokered service it's really simple to use and i think people complaining about fees are really short-sighted like we should just be trying to accumulate as much Bitcoin as possible. Like obviously use the lowest fee you can get, but we're trying to accumulate as much Bitcoin as possible. And the fees are going to be negligible in comparison to the possible gains we see. Um, you know, when I, my first Bitcoin I bought, I bought it through Charlie's. I had a call up on the Western Union phone. It took three days. It was like a 30% fee. And it was one of the best trades I ever made in my life. Like, imagine if I was sitting there and I was like, I don't want to pay a 30% fee. That's ridiculous. Like that, that, you know, you got to do what you got to do to get it. Um, as for custodial wallets, like we have to be really careful there because it's not your keys. It's not your coins. You can lose them at any point. It doesn't have the censorship resistance of Bitcoin. Um, but for onboarding in the beginning, you know, I, I'm like torn about stuff like blue wallet, for instance. Like I, I, I tend a lot of lightning haters. I try blue wallet because they're the thing they like is custodial anyway, or basically like they, if, if they're using a centralized chain, centralized chain, they have no censorship resistant properties anyway. So let me show them something that also has no censorship resistance properties that works with lightning. They don't have to worry about opening channels. They don't have to do any other things like that. So I end up in a situation where sometimes I'll tell them to go into blue wallet, but I'll tell them, you know, it's custodial. Yeah. Don't put the much money on it. Um, the interface is just super slick, but I, I think that as, I think that as lightning progresses, we'll see, very user-friendly light clients that aren't custodial that they can use instead. It's just not really there yet. But then at that point as well, we should be advocating that they shouldn't be using light clients. So it's always, it's just, it's just a perpetual, I think it's for the next five years, it's, it's going to be a perpetual education game, you know, people are going to, and they're gonna like a custodial wallet will get regulated or hacked or exit scammed. We'll remind everyone not your keys, not your coins, and it'll just it's gonna be a constant, uh, a constant battle in that regard. I think. So I think you bring up a good point about about the uh, the education and um, to your point about blue wallet. So I I had no idea that they were uh, that they were custodial. And then obviously I, I ended up learning about it because I, I was suggesting them to people and um, not that I have any problem with it, but to your point, it's important for people to know the difference. You know, it's, it's important for them to be able to understand why it's different, but also as well, you know, we're going to see when Neutrino gets implemented um, fully, we're, we're going to be able to start to see some different clients. So that, that I think is going to definitely help things out. Yeah. So with blue wallet, I think in custodial and, but the lightning portion defaults to custodial. And if you use a way, supposedly there's a way to use the lightning custodial, but I, I've never tried. I would just, I wouldn't use blue wallet if I was going to use a non-custodial option. I'd use like zap or something. 
um, or like async. Async has got a dope uh, Android app. But um, you know, with the Neutrino, we're going to have our own issue, which is it seems like the plan here is new user onboards onto Lightning, boots up their Neutrino-powered Lightning client, and then the wallet basically connects you to one node or two nodes uh, for liquidity. And then the channel, and then you just, so you basically open one channel, you make it a private channel maybe to like a routing node. Um, hopefully you're running the whole thing through Tor and then you just instantly balance channel so you have liquidity on both sides. So the issue there is, I think a lot of user-friendly wallets are going to couple um, that channel opening process and it's gonna go to their routing node. So then you have like this quasi custodial situation where it's not custodial, but but there is a trust involved in that. You get like these kind of like mega, you get like more hub hubby kind of system, right? Where you're like trusting trusted nodes. them to, yeah, it's not really a trusted node as much as, because a neutrino you're pulling with block filters, you're not pulling it directly from that node. But the actual, in terms of lightning, you're trusting that they stay online and you're trusting that they don't try and do a malicious close on you while you're offline. Um, so there, there's steps there that are going to have to be, it's, it's neutrino isn't a silver bullet. I, I think that the, the best thing we could have is like the node at home, you know, like a node in a box that all your devices connect to. And you don't even need your own, you know, like a head of the household, friends and family and stuff can run it and everyone can can connect back. Even if you just use a light client and open the channel with it, you know, you don't even have to have any kind of explicit trusted node type of situation. I, I totally agree about the node at home thing. Uh, I, I run the four raspy blitzes at this point and uh, one casa node um and i i just uh, i definitely want to see more wallets come with the a nice slick you know user experience for getting connected to your home node regardless of the tech that's at home kind of thing and, and i know there's different implementations like you know lnd eclair um and and whatnot and um and c but I, I still think that to the end user, to, to get that next level of onboarding, we, you know, the user doesn't care what type of implementation of Lightning they're using, right? Like they just, right. you know, and it's like, if we give them a nice slick way to connect up to that home node, provide the security, and at the same time, be able to shop and have fun, then, hey, you know, why not? So I think there's that aspect to it also. So let me ask you this. Um, what, if you don't, if you don't mind me asking, what uh, do you do? You run a, a lightning node at home, and if so, what what do you run and why? Well, are you are you connected to? Uh, well, we have we had we had a noddle, but it was it, it is currently being operated by an undisclosed person. The the tales from the crypt note. Are you aware of this note? I am not. It is the uh, the largest tour only node by a number of channels. And it is the second largest tour node by capacity behind y'all's. And it's, I think it's the 46th largest node by capacity overall and nice. the 49th largest by channels, but it's all run through tour and we don't know who runs it, but uh, he's reciprocating channels. So if I have a channel with him, oh, okay, uh, cool. he will, he will reciprocate a channel back. The Noddle runs it fantastically. It's uh, it's a really good product. I I run Lightning Power Launcher as the Node Launcher as well. I've I've used that. Um, I never. I I kind of just I. Most of my attention has been on the Noddle. Uh, it's it's pretty impressive. I mean, it's like a little four hundred more expensive than the Raspberry boxes, but that shit. It, it can handle so much. I mean, it's at like 250 channels right now. 260 channels hasn't skipped a beat. Really? You can verify the whole chain in like three days or something like that. Uh, two days if you already have it downloaded. It's pretty crazy. 
Okay, that's nuts. And I'm really glad that you bring that up. And I'm, I'm psyched that you're using the noddle because I've never spoken to an actual person that's used it. I've read a lot about it. And in every one of my reviews, I always say the same thing. I've used the Kaza, I've used the Raspy Blitz, I've built one and I, you know, like I never actually get to hear the feedback on it. So like, how's the, uh, like, how's the web UI? How's the whole experience, the setup? Oh yeah, we also have a Casa and we have a, a VPS node as well that we run BTC pay server on. Um, and that's the one we use for the site is the, the, um, the noddle is, is, is everything. I, 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 it makes me super optimistic. So disclosure, they sent me a free one. It's $400. They sent me a free one. Um, I had already been talking to the team over there. Uh, I've got, I've gotten really close with them since then, obviously, uh, especially as the, the capacity increased on, on our node. Um, we kind of became a bull. So we had, we had, it had to be watched. Um, but set up super easy. He sets it up. They, they set it up so that there's like modules. So you can choose what to install. So you can run, you know, Electrum personal server, BTK. Um, you can run it through tour with like a couple clicks. Uh, uh, Ride the lightning is included. Ride the lightning is fucking awesome. Uh, they're gonna, they're about to add, uh, I think East Explorer, block explorer. They're gonna add one of the block explorers. So you have a, a native block explorer in there. All these are optional. You can just choose to install them. I think they're gonna put Electrum X because uh, it's a little bit more versatile than Electrum. They're gonna add Whirlpool to it. Uh, so like, it's pretty crazy how fast they're iterating. And they used they used a, a Rock 64 chip, which is slightly more powerful than the Raspi. And it has double the RAM. It's got four gigs of RAM. And he coupled it with an SSD, which I think is like, I think at this point, like it's really important that all our nodes run on SSDs. Uh, you're basically, you're just, you're, you're just delaying the inevitable. If you don't use one now, you're just going to end up upgrading it. So, so if you want, if you don't have an SSD, that's fine, but just understand that you'll probably want to uh, run it. <laughs> Love it. No SSD on that one. <laughs> and, and I can attest now I can say that I've done the testing and it's so true. I, I, um, I definitely plan on uh, ponying up and getting a, uh, a noddle. Cause I, I want to, I want to have like one of each and play with them. And I, I was fortunate enough to speak in the, uh, you had mentioned the, uh, the lightning round table. I got to speak to uh, staticus 3000, who was explaining about a new box they're working on Bitbox. I don't know if you got to that point yet in it, yeah. but it, that thing sounds sick, but yeah, there's is, there's is a four too. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's, yeah. um, it's 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 really really cool and uh to your point without an ssd it just it it totally drags like you're looking at like six days like five days for sure of just download and verification time whereas well not really download but more verification whereas with an ssd like i've been telling people it's like less than like 48 hours or less and you're up and running yeah it's great the ssd is a big difference and also um he they just added uh, the static channel backup support and the way they did it, I really loved. They did uh, you you pay, and then they encrypt the static channel back, and you plug drive, and they just encrypt it to a thumb drive for you automatically every time you create a new channel. Oh, um, sick! Yeah, so it's really that there's a really convenient way of implementing it. I like it. I like it. I know Kaza's coming out with uh, their. Um commercial grade node i think it is like the uh, like an industrial grade node so i'm excited to see that i, I know that uh um open arms is working on uh, the atomic pie so that's going to be a much beefier you know like it's going to have the intel atom processor so that thing's going to be a beast so there's some there's some cool stuff coming i'm uh, i'm definitely excited like to go back to your earlier point you know like how the noddle makes you excited for the future it's the same thing like when I saw like Kaza come out with the Kaza node, and, and it's just because I didn't know about the noddle, but any one of those, just call them utility nodes. When I saw that happen, like I knew, I'm like, okay, this is like, we're taking that next step, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm also a sucker for the hardware. Like, if you want, people say like Bitcoin is on their Bitcoin. Like, you want to get me to spend Bitcoin, you just make me some sexy hardware. Whether that's nodes, whether that's wallets, like I will just always, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I got, I bought a cold, I bought a couple cold cards okay. the other day, and it was right before the price went up, and so the price like skyrocketed right afterwards. I was like, of course, it's because I spent. Okay, so I was going to go get my cold card. I, I got one too, and I'm like totally in love with this thing. I, I think Do it's... Do you have a, a clicky button one? Yes. Here, hold on. He's back. Or maybe not. I'm back. He's unwrapping his cold card. Yes, I'm unwrapping the cold card. I've taken it out of its fancy plastic bag. I love it. Is, is it... I love it. Okay. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Are, are, I, I actually wrote back to them. It's, it's NVK that does this, right? Yeah, Rodolfo. Okay, Rodolfo does this. So I, I actually want to have one of these things in, in mint condition to just keep forever in mint. Is that is that kind of weird? So you're going to get another and just keep it mint? <laughs> yes, never take it out of the packaging. Is that yeah, I mean, <laughs> is that I guess... Like, it's the coolest thing. It's just like that. I love the dice. I love like all the, the hardware that they make at... Uh, who does it? Who makes the heart? Uh, the... Uh, uh, what's it called? The uh, the wooden engravings. Is it crypto graffiti? I, I, to your point, though, it's just going back to your point about spending Bitcoin. Like, make cool shit, and I will waste Bitcoin. It's yeah, that's simple. pretty much it. <laughs> I yeah. I so I had the V one cold cards, and and those old buttons fucking sucked. They were horrible. So the clicky buttons are really really big upgrade. I got I got I got unreasonably excited when I started clicking those buttons for the first time. It's they're they're sick. It's so good. Um, okay, so I, I wanted to also ask you about, because there's been this, uh, like, a whole bunch of, like, Twitter rants going on about, uh, uh, was it uh, Laszlo's first commercial use of BTC, right? He spent uh, 10,000 Bitcoins to get uh, two pizzas. Yeah, they weren't even and, real pizzas. They were Papa John's. Exactly. So it's a total plastic, you know, plastic and sugar. But... Okay, so putting aside the fact that any one of us would like to have 10,000 Bitcoin right now, just to have them, um, like philosophically, it, I, I, I believe it had to be done. Whether it was pizza, whether it was toilet paper rolls, whether it was a, a frickin' paperclip, I, I, I felt that it had to be done in order to take like that next step. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Like, whether or not you agree or disagree, like, what are your thoughts on this? Like, philosophically, like, did something like that have to occur? First of all, Laszlo created the first OSX client for Bitcoin, first Mac client for Bitcoin. He also was the first GPU miner. So this motherfucker is an OG. He did quite like kind of, he looks very humble in all the videos. I, you know, I, my guess is he has a really good OPSEC. That's the vision. That's the story. I believe. Um, I, I think, you know, it's just good PR for Bitcoin. You know, it, at that, at that time it was like, what it costs like $20 or $40 or something like that was the equivalent. Um, he had a ton of Bitcoin and it, you know, it helps promote his bags. Like it helps promote Bitcoin. Uh, I, I, I view it as any other, uh, demonstration gesture, you know, like people might be saying that it was, I mean, look, we got our nodes stolen. Was it reckless that we were putting so much Bitcoin on, on it? At the end of the day, like we're promoting Bitcoin. We're learning about Bitcoin. We're putting skin in the game. That's what Lazo did. I mean, and everyone, no one ever talks about the guy who sold him two pizzas for 10 point. Like that's a really resourceful Bitcoiner because he had the PR stunt and he got the 10,000 Bitcoin and no one talks about him, which is like the ideal trifecta for a Bitcoiner. Holy crap. He's a, that's like, he's the unicorn. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no one ever talks about him. He's super happy. He's got his 10,000 Bitcoin. He probably has a lot more than that. Oh my God. Well, I hope he does. I hope he at least has the 10 K in Bitcoin at the very least. Who knows? Maybe he threw it out. Maybe he thought it was a scam. Oh my God. You just blew my mind. I never thought of him. No one ever thinks of the other <laughs> no guy. What the fuck? It's true. But why not? Why don't we think of him? 
You know, like what is everyone? It, what makes him so forgetful? He just got 10k Bitcoin for two freaking pizzas. It's not that. No one, no one wants to. No one really likes to talk about they want to feel better about themselves by demeaning laszlo and and, you know saying like oh he's such an idiot like i would have done it differently like motherfucker you didn't even know about bitcoin or buy any you know like so what like what could you even say about that and it's just it's just in people's heads they you know that's that's a bigger story 800 million dollars or whatever they said the equivalent was um (laughs) for big for two pizzas that's like a headline that's a clickbait headline it's true. It, it it really is, and 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 it's totally useless. Okay, so just uh, switching topics off of Laszlo and uh, and I I believe the move that had to be done, whether it was for, you know, proving his bags, which we do with Lightning Network, you know, like showing everyone how it works. Um, but um, uh, this this comment isn't really having anything to do with with Peter or anything like that, but it has to do with the actual comment itself about the the tweet about too many bitcoins, and, and it kind of brings up the um, the perceived, and I say perceived like with quotations, you know, air quotes, because it, it's like this perceived confusion, right, uh, about Bitcoin, which I I don't believe exists. Like even when I first got in, I knew that there was Bitcoin, and that's it. Like, I, I had never thought that there was, like, a separate one, a different one, you know? There, there's only but, there's only one. So, you know, just, like, to help dispel some of that confusion. But you got in pre-Bitcoin Cash. I did. I did get in pre-Bitcoin like Cash. Like, just, like, six months before or something like that. Yes, but when I got in, Ethereum already existed, and so did Litecoin. All I know is so that... So there could have been confusion. <laughs> I I think there is confusion, but there. Um, but you know, we're all learning this on the fly. Like we never had a contentious fork until 2017, um, and I, I think that. Especially, like I love Twitter's awesome. I actually love crypto Twitter too. I'm probably one of the few Bitcoiners that actually. I, I just get a kick. Okay. Um, I, the, the, the confusion is there. Um, and it's confused more on both sides because trying to mold a narrative that lacks nuance because it's not good for nuance. So, where I come from, I actually, I act, my view is that we will have, we will probably have forks in the future. Um, and, and I think that if those forks are something that the market actually demands, if there's actually like a critical mass of demand for what that fork is offering, and, and that in the scammy fork, you know, like it actually has real support and developers that go along with it and um no pre-mine and no scammy bullshit you know it's like hard to quantify but no scammy bullshit um that fork could then become the dominant chain and and so my theory is that if a fails to achieve dominant chain and and that quicker if we have liquid futures markets pre-forks which is what we're even seeing for the shit coins now so we probably will see that in the future um, then it is destined for zero. So I think that all these minority forks are destined to zero uh, because they're, they're failed. Like at any moment we could have a non-scammy, like if we needed for some reason to increase the block size, I'm not saying we do, but if we did, like there would be a block size now, you know, or in the future. And that's you know, so much more legitimate than Bitcoin Cash, like Bcash right now. Like, so, so it makes the value prop of Bitcoin cash, there's no value prop there. It doesn't exist. It's not the dominant chain. It doesn't exist. It's going to turn to zero. Um, I, I do think there is a heavy amount of confusion. These are going onto Coinbase and they see that there's a Bitcoin trading at like $300 um, that has the same uh, slightly tilted or, and, and, and says Bitcoin in the name. I think, to be honest, I think they get confused on the shitcoins too. You know, like they go on. Oh yeah. 
I, I, I have so many people ask me about Tron and Ripple. And, and the thing is, none of those were on Coinbase. None of those were on Coinbase last run. This next run, Coinbase has just made itself like token base. They have all this fucking shit that's super cheap unit wise. Oh, yeah. Just seems cheap. So they say to themselves, what if it goes to $3? You know, then I'll be a millionaire. And they don't care. It just, even if it doesn't say Bitcoin in the name. So there's absolutely confusion. And part of the thing, one of the main things I try and have, I've tried and I think I have accomplished over the last year and a half, two years is to make it clear one Bitcoin. It's the dominant chain. That's what we, the market has been absolutely clear about that. Every single metric, whether that's price, whether that's hash rate, whether that's fees, every single metric, the market has been absolutely clear and all the other forks will trend to zero over time. But I think it is an education process. It is, it is, it is confusing, especially if certain outlets do like a false equivocation where they try and cover both sides equally. Like they should, like anything in life should be covered. That's ridiculous. Like one side has, has actual facts and numbers alongside it and, and, and real life priorities. And the other side is just lying, saying bullshit and trying to basically lure unsuspecting noobs into buying. I think is something else. Yeah. I, I, I definitely, uh, definitely agree, a hundred percent. I mean, um, and and just so you know, like to your point, I did come in pre, um, Bcash fork, but when I heard about it forking, I was just like immediately, and even though I I I had like just begun to start buying total crap tokens, I knew even though I was buying even though I was buying garbage, I knew for a fact that bit uh, that Bcash wasn't Bitcoin. <laughs> so but that's that's you know, good but like that's, but i think i think you're it, it's a i bias. think there are people there are people that do like that's good i'm glad uh Me too. you know but, <laughs> but i know i know some smart bitcoiners that fell down that hole too you know that they and uh, it's easy to believe the crap if you want to believe the crap uh so they tend they they tend to do that it's a, it's an unfortunate reality, but, uh, but they will, you know, they'll come around eventually or they'll get wrecked. So it's, it shouldn't be something that, um, you know, it sucks for the users that get wrecked, but I don't think Bitcoin is negatively affected. I think the market is very clear and it's, uh, and, and Bitcoin, I, I like, I, for instance, I think the Bitcoin cash fork was a net positive. I think, you know, we hit all time highs afterwards. I think we expect, fell out of the um, non-productive people in the community that, that didn't have the right priorities in line, that they just had ego in line. And I I think it's contentious for the world, like that Bitcoin could be super successful still afterwards. And especially Segwit2x, I mean, because like a lot of people said that was going to happen. And I, I'm telling you, if, if you were actually watching on the – like as it was going down, like it was never going to happen. Like Segwit two X was, we were, mm -hmm. we were never going to let that happen. Yeah, yeah, you could tell that that was being shut down the whole way through. Yeah, you really could. And I think it made Bitcoin stronger. Like I think, it, yeah, I think fork, like forks, and 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 if you were a smart Bitcoiner, you got a dividend out of it. You know, so. Um, it, it was a cleansing yeah, I, process. I, Exactly. I think it was, yeah, it was a, it was a cleansing process and, uh, and the people that were on the, you know, and, and, and the beauty of a fork is that if you do nothing, you're good, no matter what, like, if you don't want to take that risk, you sit tight, you know, as long as you hold your own keys, that's another reason why, cause you know, non-custodial is super important. But as long as you hold your own keys, you get both. So you can just you can sit tight if you need to and and see how see how the market reacts to it. That's right. I um, I was one of those people who got rid of their uh, B cash right away. Um, when like uh, at, at uh, it's I think like within the first twenty four to forty eight hours of it trading, I think it had like a pretty violent swing from like three to eight hundred dollars or something like that, and uh, I just got out as soon as I could. 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't know the, what it was. I didn't even know what I was doing. <laughs> so. Yeah, when the B when the B cash fork happened, it was like August. Like I think we were trading at like three thousand or something like that. Yep. Yeah, it was like. Yeah, yeah. we. It was. It was like it was just jumping like one k. You know what I mean? Like every week we were just like. It was nuts. That that was such a crazy time. I had never seen. I think. I mean, nobody's ever seen anything like that. I don't think. I think we ain't seen nothing yet. I think the next. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> the next cycle is going to be even more ridiculous. I totally agree. So, um, okay. Uh, is there um, is there any uh, you know imparting words of wisdom from uh, from Matt Odell before we uh, before we close out? You know, I, one of the things that I think everyone should always ask themselves are what are the trade-offs? Like, I think that's like a really, it's a really good route down to try and learn about something is what are the trade-offs? How does this thing break? Are they giving up for whatever they're doing? And I think usually if you go down that path, you end up at Bitcoin. Um, I know I did. Um, and, and one of the things Me too. is that if, you know, telling telling people that are are fucking around with altcoins that every altcoin is is not that effective. They just tend to use the straw man argument that you're a Bitcoin maximalist and and that your opinion doesn't matter. And that's why the straw man of Bitcoin maximum maximum by Vitalik in the first place. But I try not to tell people that. I tell people is absolutely the best investment here um, in terms of risk reward ratio and if, if you ask yourself what are the trade-offs you'll realize pretty quickly that most of these altcoin salesmen are just selling you lies they're not ever telling you the trade-offs and like one of the issues that bitcoiners have is that we tend to be both ethical and extreme so we we over talk about our i mean i don't think we over talk about it i think we talk about it we should talk about but we talk about the trade-offs with Bitcoin all the fucking time. Yes. And we're constantly prefacing everything we talk about with, oh, but it's not 100%, you know, censorship. It's just censorship resistance, not censorship proof. It's not instant, you know. It's not absolutely free with no, you know. We always have the trade-offs. And, and the altcoin salesmen don't ever do that. The world computer, you know. Everything is going to be free and there's going to be, like, magical unicorns and stuff. Like, of course, that sounds fucking awesome, you know, but it's not realistic. You're never going to fucking do that. And um, yeah, so you just you have to think for yourself that every single person is trying to sell you their bag, um, Bitcoiners included. Uh, I just think we have the best bags to sell. But, uh, you know, don't trust and and actually like don't even trust us like fucking do your own research and like look into the shit. Ask what the trade offs are. Play with it. The best way to learn is to play with it. Run your own lightning node, you know, play, run shitcoin nodes if you want, but don't, you know, like if don't convince yourself that you're dabbling, like you're actually learning about shitcoins If you're never removing them from Binance, like then you're just moving <laughs> like the integers around on Binance, run your own fucking shitcoin node, pull your shitcoin out to the node, see how horrible it is, see all the trade-offs, you know, and, and, and we learned that that Bitcoin is 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 what you should. There's just so much shit is going on in Bitcoin. How can you? There's not enough time to focus on everything else. You have to focus on what's important. We're changing everything here, and uh, ignore the noise. Very wise words. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate your uh, your time. And uh, again, I, I love what you do for Bitcoin and. Uh, like you said, don't trust us. Do your own research. Exactly. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. If you want to find me, you can find me on uh, on Twitter at, at Matt Odell, at Matt underdash Odell. I'm going to be putting that. We have the pod. I'm going to be putting that in the show notes. I'm going to put a link to uh, to your podcast in the show notes. And didn't you, before we sign off, didn't you start another site with like a oh, final, final count? Um, it's finalmessage.io. Yes. So I'm going to put a it's link. The dead man switch. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes as well. Before we sign off, do you want to explain about it just quickly? Uh, 
encrypt recipient of choice. So you can put anything you want in the encrypted email. It works particularly well for one of the N multi-sig keys. You know, if you want to send multi-sig keys to someone if you die or something like that. Um, super simple. Does that make sense? I'm sorry. If you could just, uh, you cut out right at the end. If you could just repeat it uh, just really quick. That's unfortunate. Sorry. So it's it's uh, it's a dead man switch, uh, which was made popular by, by Edward Snowden, but it's been around forever. Um, usually people run it through their own servers, but we super simple. You pay with, with Bitcoin, you can pay with light, Lightning or whatnot, and um, Lightning or on-chain, and it sends an encrypted email to your recipient of choice if you stop responding um and and the best use for that is a multi-sig key i would say because then even if it gets compromised somehow we still can't get your funds no one can get your funds um yeah so just a super simple tool that i i needed so i figured some other people might need and and it's privacy feds and it's you just pay us a subscription fee with bitcoin that's that it's very very cool i'm going to put a link to that in the show notes as well Thank you very much again for joining us. Cheers, dude. Cheers. Stay humble, stack sets. Yes, sir. I hope everybody enjoyed my conversation with Matt O'Dell. I had a really great time. Matt is one of the, really one of the funniest and I, I find one of the most interesting people in Bitcoin. He, he can totally just take something extremely technical and break it down to something so simple and, and it, it's really remarkable. And I am so... I'm so glad that we have him in Bitcoin and that, you know, he's out there spreading the good word about stack and sats. So um, his information is going to be in the show notes. Uh, if anybody wants to reach me, I'm at Coin Icarus on Twitter and Telegram. I'm also fun with crypto at protonmail.com if you want to reach me by email. Thank you very much for listening and catch you all next time.